all profit is value extraction. And that means that all profit is theft from you. Corporate America is on welfare, and they've got to get them off welfare. Hey y'all, it's uh, Carson Comrades. This is Bryant. Got Zach and Brandon here. How's it going, y'all? Rough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brand- Brandon and me are both uh, a little hungover, so uh, it- this might be a little bit of a low energy podcast. I feel fucking great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you- you're going to carry the whole thing then, Zach. Oh, shit. All right. Um, yeah, Connor couldn't make it. I think he said he was like picking up new tires or something and it's, I don't know, some, some yeah. appointment he can't miss that, uh, the car podcast is missing a guy cause he's doing car stuff. Yeah. But, um, I guess, uh, we, we didn't really plan out an agenda for this one. We got a couple of the different things we can talk about, but, um, yeah, I know, I know Connor wanted to talk about, um, encounters with cops, but we don't have any to. I mean, between the three of us, we don't really have any good stories, so we'll Well, we'll off camera, we realize that we actually do have good stories. It's just that, like, everyone's fucking interactions with the cops is so fucked up and traumatic that, like, unless you're beaten half to death or murdered, you're like, no, my my experience with the police has been pretty average. Sometimes they hit you. Sometimes they shoot rubber bullets at you. Like, you know, just normal shit. Normal cop shit. Yeah, none of us have been killed yet, so... uh... (laughs) But uh, I think we'll save that till uh, when when Connor is back. But um, yeah, I don't know. That's something to look forward to for the listeners, I guess. Um, so I guess we'll we'll do some project car updates a little bit. Um, we we have some news about the uh, the strike wave going on. Um, no good you know, news, though. <laughs> yeah, and um, and then uh, I think we might talk about some some ideas that we have for. You know, what would we do with our cars if money was no object or, you know, kind of dream builds in the future? So we're kind of just winging it on this one. So you got that to look forward to, dear listener. Yeah. So (laughs) uh, I guess we can do project car updates first. Um, And I think, Brandon, it's your turn this time around. If you got something to talk about. All right. Well. Uh, that, that'll be pretty easy. Uh, I got almost nothing done today. I think I spent two hours in the shop and that was the process of me. Like I got all the, the, I can't remember if I had done all of the new springs and and retainers and everything on the heads the last time we spoke, but I've got all of the heads back together and I, I got them bolted onto the block and as I was getting ready to, to start like putting everything else together, I realized that I had forgotten to clean out the bore of, of the block. And by, by not in any technical sense, but in the sense that like I had like gotten junk inside of it. And it's like, it's cool. I'll just like blow it out and vacuum it out really well before I like, put everything together and didn't. So I had to take the heads back off, which they were bolted down, but they weren't torqued down to like the specs. So it wasn't okay. that big of a deal, but. 
yeah. it was still really fucking annoying that I like got that far and then, then had to undo it just because. And this is big block V8 heads, dude. These things weigh like 100 pounds or something stupid. Damn. Probably not even actually 100 pounds, but they're still like iron big block heads. Yeah. And yes, yeah, so I had for the to... automobile or? Yeah. This is for my okay. 455. So after I got those, oh, and like I, I, I found a stray dog this week and I like fell in love with it and like was taking care of it. And then I found the owner and had to give him back. But like it, it impacted my ability to accomplish things because I was trying to make this terrified dog like comfortable around my house and shit. Yeah. This is the one that bit you, right? Same dog? Yeah. Or is there another stray dog? Okay. No, we, uh, he mellowed out a lot and was being like a super, like was the best dog. I will happily like bomb the group chat with pictures of this dog looking absolutely stoked riding around in my van. Yes, <laughs> He was such a good van dog. But, uh, once I realized uh, that I was going to be going back to work this week, I kind of panicked because I, I work 12 and so I absolutely can't take care of a dog. So we found, we put up, well, we made flyers and put them up around the neighborhood, which I intended to do anyway. We, it, 10 minutes after we put the flyers up, the guy called because he was out looking for his dog. Oh, okay. Well, well, he was walking his other dog and like going around the area, hoping he like would find something and right. Yeah. Super good dude. Seemed, seemed like he took good care of the dog. So. Yeah, that's something to be proud of reunited and that's that's always a good thing yeah i mean it felt as good as it felt bad yeah a little bittersweet yeah but i mean i guess i'm 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 working 12s this week because i'm not fucking going on strike because our union basically caved and got us a shit contract so that we could keep working that's being slightly dramatic. I don't know the full details of the contract yet, but it's it's not looking good, and people who know more about it than I do are pretty pissed off. Yeah, I mean, uh, by the time this episode comes out, you know, probably things have changed with all the union stuff that we're going to talk about, but I don't know. It is uh, it is striketober, I guess, as they call yeah. it. Yeah. I'm cool with making this an annual event. Yeah. Was that, was that the end of your uh, update there, Brandon? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, I'm doing that thing where I'm, like, absolutely too hungover to, like, maintain a train of thought. So, yeah, all of the work that I got done on my motor this week, I also got undone. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least you didn't go backwards on that, I guess. No, by definition, that is literally what I did. Yeah. And did uh, the dog, did it get along okay with your cats, or did you have to keep them separate? Uh, the dog like barely acknowledged that there were cats. Hmm. My cats were a little standoffish around it, but like they would like hop up onto the couch next to it and then scare themselves after they realized they had jumped up on a couch next to a dog. And the dog <laughs> would just be looking around like, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. My cats are fighting like they always do. I think we just record at the exact time of day where they're like, fuck yeah, time to party. <laughs> well uh i i haven't made too much progress on my car i uh i got i think i got every single bolt that holds the transmission off the car and i'm pretty sure i put them all in a bag that's labeled and i'm pretty sure i can find where they go on the new one but we'll see about that um and i got the couple i got the front and rear motor mount disconnected there's four motor mounts on this thing um and then i got the the driver's side one loosened 
so my plan is to to leave the passenger side one um on there and uh, just have that as a pivot to kind of you know pivot the the motor down at an angle to get the transmission off and i had to go do something uh last night and so i'm like maybe i shouldn't take this one off and just leave it hanging from the cherry picker because you know probably probably good to have a little bit of uh i i thought that's a good stopping point you know but uh i don't know maybe i'll do that tonight and i'll i'll see if i can take the transmission off if i have time but i got i got other shit to do i gotta cook some food and stuff Oh, oh, another th- fun thing I did last night. I was I started trying to cook something, and uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I had had too much to drink at that point, but I spilled like hot oil on my ankle and burned it. Ooh. So like, yeah. I mean, I'm okay now. Like, it didn't. It didn't really hurt me too much. But like, I was wearing like house slippers and jeans, and so they're all soaked in oil, and I got to do laundry and see if that'll wash out. But yeah, be careful, kids, when you're working with hot oil. It's uh, it's hot. Be careful when you're drunk. <laughs> yeah, and also uh, walks will uh, will tip over because they got round bottoms. So hey, what will? Like a oh, walk, walks. like okay. Yeah. Um. So that's about all I got. Uh. I think I'm sure I'll remember something while Zach is talking and interrupt him. But Zach, what have you been working on? Yeah. Perfect. I look forward to that. Um. uh i uh i haven't really done much actual car work in the last week i think since we talked last uh truck's still been running okay for a nearly 30 year old ford pickup so that's always good when it doesn't blow up after you rebuild it so pretty proud of that um but i did talk to the guy that i'm buying that shelby cobra from this week and uh he uh, he finally has full ownership of his late father's properties. So we are good to go to go pick that up in the near future. We're going to try to get down there because uh, it's in Nevada currently. Going to try to get down there before the snow sets in and fucks up all the passes between here and there. So I should have a Shelby Cobra project within the next month or so. So definitely looking forward to that one. Sweet. Yeah. That just makes me think that I don't know. Fun fact, Nevada is Spanish for snowy. So you got to get to Nevada before it come, becomes too Nevada. Yeah. <laughs> Moody Nevada. Not, re- re- I did not recognize, like, realize that. I would like, I would like if Nevada was Pequeño Nevada, not Mucho Nevada. Yeah. That's the extent of my Spanish. <laughs> So uh, I, I think you had said that this is like someone's project that that they never finished. Like what all what all needs to be done on it? Yeah. So his dad just had like a shitload of stuff basically in a warehouse because he was retired and old and did not care about money anymore. So he had like a few custom Harleys, a trike, a, like a boat, a couple other cars, and then this Shelby Cobra project that he had. Uh, he'd sourced a 427 V8 for um, a transmission. He bought a kit. So it came with uh, a chassis and uh, a fiberglass body. And then from the grainy photos that I've seen from it, he has a whole bunch of just miscellaneous parts. It looks like there's a wiring harness, 
um, a clutch that's not in right now for some reason. So I don't know if that's a spare or he just didn't put the clutch on before he put the engine and transmission together. Um, and then just a whole bunch of other random parts. But the, the big things that it's still going to need is uh, there's kind of a third section between the chassis and the body. that's basically just like a cockpit tub. Um, doesn't look like that's there. Wheels and tires aren't there. Rear end isn't there. And um, interior, I think, like uh, just basically seats in a steering wheel. Um, it looks like it has some gauges lying around. But yeah, a, a lot of the bigger stuff is there, but also a lot of the bigger stuff is not there. So generous estimate, 50%. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. But it looks like a, it looks to be a Trimic uh, transmission behind a uh, pretty accurate to the original Ford 427V8. So definitely going to try to make this thing as honest of a uh, reproduction 65 Shelby Cobra that I can within reason. Yo, I'm not oh. good at Ford stuff. The 427 was kind of their like regular big block. That was, it, that's not like the, the weird Hemi that they did, is it? I don't think it was a weird one. They had a side oiler 427 that was um, the really high performance one um, that was a little different. Um, but from what I can tell, it's not the side oiler. Again, super grainy photos. That would be awesome if it was. But if I were to wager a guess, I would say it's a just a standard 427 V8. I think, didn't they make like a overhead overhead cam version of that too? Like, Possibly I think it was a racing motor on. of some kind. Oh, I'm an idiot. I'm thinking of the Boss 429 motor. Yeah, yeah, that one's real interesting. Well, like, it's not labeled the Hemi in the same, like, capital H way that uh, Dodge does, but it was a hemispherical combustion chamber with big valves, so. Right, yeah. Hmm. Well, it sounds like either way you're going to have enough power to kill yourself easily. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I'm super looking forward to that. Just a (laughs) shitload of horsepower in a tiny little car with absolutely no driver assists. It's going to be... A blast, and hopefully I don't die. But we will see. If I were gonna yeah. go out, if I were gonna go out in some way, I think ripping around uh, a four hundred plus horsepower Shelby Cobra is pretty up there on the list. That's a way to go. Yeah, how much does that thing even weigh? <laughs> Fiberglass body on that tiny ass little car. It's got that can't be like two thousand pounds. Yeah, I think um, original production was like around twenty two something. So like maybe 23 full fluids and driver. So yeah, we'll see if I can keep it in between <laughs> the lines. Yeah. I mean, my, uh, my MR2 weighs, I think maybe around 24 or 2,500 pounds and that's got maybe a hundred horsepower and it's, it's not fast, but it's quick enough for me. So like, I don't know, imagining that with like what, 400 horsepower or something like that, you know, 500 I don't know yeah. what, what, what it depends on the make. build, but I think 427s did better than one horsepower per cubic inch a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if it is a side oiler, which again, very low chance that it is, those motors are rated to 540 at the crank. Um, Damn. So, yeah, on the off chance that it is, it's going to be pretty much like a four to one 
weight to power ratio. Yeah. <laughs> All right. One, one to four power to weight. So yeah, a little absurd, but yeah. Fun, I, for for the uh, for the metric folks, that's that's right around seven liter engine. Yeah. So it's it's a big one. Oh yeah. The spirit of Carol Shelby was: let's see if we can put the most horsepower available to me right now in the smallest platform right. <laughs> available to me right now. And he fucking did it, man. He did it. Yeah. Well, one of the famous quotes from Carol Shelby was: "There's no such thing as too much horsepower, just not enough traction." Oh yeah, and uh, a big part of my budget is going to go to tires, specifically the rears, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I kind of want to be able to use the power and not just spin every single time I touch the accelerator. Yeah, that'll, yeah. Oh, uh, my buddy in an effort to motivate me to go ahead and finish the big block for my car. Uh, we, he's, we haven't like set up any formalities, but we're going to do a head to head drag race of his, uh, mostly stock 440 69 charger. So I'm, I'm, we're, we're going to do a street race to, See who's got the most car after I get my motor finished. Man, what is building cars about but just racing your buddies in them? That's yeah, like, just doing racetrack shit with your friends. Hell yeah. That's what it's all about, man. I uh one of one of the car podcasts I listen to is the smoking tire. And the the host of that, Matt Farah, he was talking about how when he was in his twenties, I forget exactly how old he got a Shelby Cobra replica and put a detuned NASCAR engine in it. And (laughs) I don't know how much power it had, but it was, it was more than enough. And he's like, yeah, that I was, I was way too young and inexperienced for that, that much power. It was a bad idea. And uh, I, I almost died a couple of times and he's like, you know, if, if I was going to do it again, I would just have like a, what is it? A two, 289 or whatever mm-hmm. the smaller you know um what is, is that the same as a 5.0 mustang motor i forget no five it's a, for 302 yeah it's a little smaller, okay yeah. yeah that is the the motor that came in the um more pedestrian version we should say of the uh shelby cobra at the 289 <laughs> still a shitload of power for such a small car yeah. considering that they that platform was built with a naturally aspirated four-cylinder original right <laughs> and uh this guy matt farrow was talking about someone else he knew with a, a cobra replica that i think it had like it, it was either supercharged or turbocharged and had like around 800 horsepower and then he put a 200 shot of nitrous on it and the only time he ever used that nitrous was on a runway and he never used it again it's like even on a runway it scared him that much he's like no fuck this i don't need a thousand horsepower (laughs) agree to disagree (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean like we're talking about that like it seems absurd but i i want my van when it's finished should be around three thousand pounds and like i've said before i'm hoping for 800 to a thousand horsepower at the wheel so not as good of a power actually no about okay probably a crazier power to weight ratio i'm way too hungover to do that math right now <laughs> at, at three thousand pounds and a thousand horsepower fast math that's three to one yeah okay 
<laughs> I after after our our talk the other day, I I think that uh, I'm probably gonna shoot more for the 800 horsepower range. <laughs> yeah, and I think by the time this episode comes out, that that episode will have dropped. So uh, listeners, go back and listen to. I don't know what we're going to call that one, the the van engine discussion or something like that. I'll come up with a good pun for you. Okay, cool. Yeah, let me know. I think I think we might put that out tomorrow from when we're recording this, so let me know. Van puns are easy to find. Hell, my van club is called Vandemic. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, sorry, uh, Zach, did you have oh, something Oh, got else? it. Communist Vanifesto. Write it down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll write it down. <laughs> Literally writing it down. Perfect. See how long that took? That and that's me as hungover as you've ever spoken to me. <laughs> Man, we should have called that a leaded gasoline episode, the the conquest of leaded gasoline. <laughs> or yeah, just even the, the conquest of lead would have yeah, damn. That would have worked too. I, I have been slacking on the on the episode titles. I've just been like, here's what we talked about lately. I've been slacking yeah. on being a functional human being, so I think you're still a step ahead of me. Yeah. Listeners, if you have any recommendations for episode titles or how to be a functioning human being, send them in. Carsoncomrades <laughs> at gmail.com. Yeah. No, I've, I've just abandoned the concept of functioning. <laughs> Don't address them to Brandon. He ain't going to fucking read yeah. it. But... <laughs> Some of us still have a little bit of hope. Can't can't teach an old dog new tricks. I'm just it's just train wreck until I die at this point. <laughs> well, you know, if you're ever down my way, I'll let you drive the Cobra, and you know that could happen sooner rather than later. I'll, I'll bring the van out and I'll race the Cobra. <laughs> oh hell yeah, we gotta set this up. Maybe uh maybe halfway point. We'll, we can uh sick. We can I'm get into together. It. Oh yeah, y'all pick up hundred percent. I'll pick up Connor on the way, and we'll have our first little. We'll get you can bring Bryant out, and we'll have our first uh, live recording. Oh, yeah, fucking sick. We should set up a Patreon so we could uh, fund some of this shit. But yeah, I mean, we only have a few hundred listeners. I don't know if they'll uh, even if they just pitch in like a a buck or two. That wouldn't be a whole lot. Guys, if you each want to uh, pitch in a hundred dollars a month. So that we can do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting nothing close. extra. No bonus episodes, no bonus content. Just for, you know, just to have wacky races. <laughs> and not not to, to sound, I don't, I don't even know. Like, I'm going to sound like a fucking asshole right now. But, like, I'm making so much money at the job I'm at right now. If I keep working, I'll just buy everybody fucking gas. I don't care. <laughs> Sweet. Hell yeah. You you can be our wealthy benefactor. Yes. Yeah, I've, I've been a fucking interest-free fucking bank for a few of my friends lately, so I'm like, <laughs> kind of like for first time in my life I've ever had real money, so I'm like kind of stoked that I can just do shit for everybody. Oh yeah, you'll be the George Soros to our personal Antifa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, last time I tried loaning someone money they never paid me back and kind of disappeared uh i don't know where they are now so <laughs> i don't know i mean i'm not too mad about the money i kind of wish i'd the guy would talk to me again i don't know if he's still alive even so Jesus. yeah i don't know terry if you're out there hit me up 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, I got a couple things about the uh, the John Deere strike. Um, I don't know, Brandon, if you had anything else more about IATSE. Not really. Um, details are going to continue to emerge. As of recording, the contract is was announced like, dude, not, not less than 24 hours ago. Um, and me and like a like. It's it's wild in Pittsburgh. Uh, IATSE is like a very popular job in the punk scene. So like last night uh, it was a couple of like the old heads' birthdays, and there was a big thing. So we were just drinking all day long. There was like a dozen fucking union members there at the party, and then over to the bar. So we were all like hammered when we got the email at the. And like my one friend was just like, "We're not going on strike Monday. They just fucking ruined my birthday." <laughs> and yeah, it was it was we, we we didn't get the details too too good because we were absolutely belligerently wasted when we found out that we weren't going on strike. So yeah, yeah, uh, more 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 details on that as it comes. But uh, it looks like the gist of it is we got a shitty contract and uh, our representatives caved. Yeah. But I'm, I'm basically—I haven't gone through the contracts or, or really even like the bullet points. It just looks like everyone else online that I see responding to the contract is like, "Well, we got fucked," and I'm like, "Well, these people seem to know more than I do." So that's I'm taking their word at it. Yeah, I think more or less the same thing happened with John Deere uh, and the UAW, uh, but then like a week later, they they went on strike anyways. So I don't know. Maybe there's hope hope yet for IATSE. I have heard some rumblings that uh, this contract could get rejected. I don't know the bureaucracy, like how that works, because they came to an agreement, but I guess there is still a way for membership to reject the contract. No idea how that works. I could be wrong. I just read that somewhere. Yeah, I'm not even formally in the union yet, so like I don't understand how all this stuff works. Yeah, I I've just been you know, watching it on Twitter. So I don't know all the details, but yeah. Um, I'll, I'll read a couple things here. Uh, this, this guy, Jonah Furman has been real good, uh, on, on Twitter about, uh, posting different union stuff, union stuff, especially, uh, with, um, the, uh, what's it? The John Deere strike. Is that in Illinois? I think I'm not sure. So, this is something he posted, I think, yesterday. Um, this week's union roundup is a big one. Lots of strike activity all over the country. Uh, 2,000 Buffalo hospital workers, 2,000 Washington carpenters, 1,000 Alabama miners, 700 Massachusetts nurses, 450 West Virginia steel workers, 420, nice, Kentucky whiskey workers, uh, 350 Denver janitors, uh, one-day strike. 300 Los Angeles aerospace manufacturers, 200 Reno bus drivers, uh, 100 Pennsylvania teachers, 75 San Antonio symphony musicians, 50 West Virginia machinists, and then um, potential strikes. So this is an older list, I think. So, um, you know, 65,000 film and TV workers, IATSE, 37,000 Kaiser healthcare workers, 10,000 John Deere manufacturing workers, which they're on strike now as of recording. 
thousands of grad students at Harvard, Columbia, Illinois State University, and 20,000 California State University faculty members, 2,000 telecom workers in California, 400 hospital workers in Oregon, 350 hospital workers in California, and then uh, school bus drivers in, oh, shoot, I got this covered up, Warwick, Rhode Island, Las Cruces, New Mexico, Elk Grove, California. And um, so, yeah, so, like, they don't call it striketober for nothing. Like, you know, people are on strike all over the place because uh, shit sucks. Um, you know, I I mean, I, I, I talked with, I don't know if we were recording when we talked about this, but I, I mean, my workplace were kind of getting fucked over on paid time off. So uh, I, we're not going to go on strike. We're not unionized or anything, but you know, something might happen. And then all, all these, uh, all these people are mad about, uh, I don't know, vaccine mandates, but you know, whatever they can die mad as far as I'm concerned. But um, yeah, there's, there's uh, plenty of labor militancy. Um, You'll like, up seeing it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Quick detail, uh, the John Deere workers uh, are striking at 14 deer plants, uh, seven in Iowa, four in Illinois, one each in Kansas, Colorado, and Georgia. So, okay, cool. Pretty well I didn't know they had, I didn't know they had so many different, um, you know, facilities there. I knew someone that worked at the one in Illinois. That's why I said that, but yeah. Probably the most upsetting thing to me about art us not going on strike is that again, I haven't read the, the union rules all the way through, but as I understand it, if you wildcat, you're out of the union done. Wow. So that's kind of tough. Yeah. So um, if you, you, you can do it and then it's uh, you're, you're out, you're, you, you would have to organize so effectively that there is ab- absolutely no way they can get rid of everyone. Right. I mean, didn't that, strike vote pass or the um the vote to authorize a strike vote pass with 95 plus percent approval of voters or 96.5 uh, mis- oh yeah but that's that is that's the international uh so across the board basically everybody was was pro that but the problem being like you wouldn't be able to organize a wildcat of that size Right. Yeah. Even even locally, I would. I think. I think there's about 400 IOTC members locally, or 600, something like that. So you would have, and like I'm, I'm not gonna like play it up. The, uh, Pittsburgh does not have the worst, like local in terms of like bad treatment. Um, I think the bigger issue, but like we do have a, a lot of the the same issues that everyone complains about all over, which is that they they will absolutely work people into the ground. Um, one of the most common stories that you hear in terms of a complaint about our union is that we work so much that crashing like on your way home from work is a common occurrence, right? Like people are constantly getting hurt because on their 70th consecutive day at work after a 16 or 18 hour shift, they crash their car because they fell asleep driving. I, I'm not, I don't think I was very clear about that. Yeah. People just keep falling asleep driving. Yeah. And that wasn't even an exaggeration. I think my uh, friend who is uh, in a slightly higher position in the union said that his longest stint was 90-something days without a day off. Fuck. 12-hour minimums. Wow. And so, uh, no amount of pay is going to offset that. Right. Yeah, that's that's like, I'm like, dude, I don't care how good a money I make. 
you're taking my life away from me, which is like in the most literal possible way. Like that's something I can never get back. Yeah. Like last, yeah, it was last summer. My buddy worked most of the summer on that show. He, he couldn't hang out or do anything because he was doing 12 to 16 hour days, seven days a week for three months. He didn't get to have a summer that year. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, kn- I knew this, um, this guy, he was like a friend of a friend, some like tech bro type guy. I forget exactly what industry he worked in, but he once was bragging about, um, like working like a hundred hour weeks. And I'm like, cool dude. Yeah. I'm real impressed that you just like threw your life away for work. Like what the fuck? Why would you do that? <laughs> I hate to admit it, but I'm having to force myself out of that mentality because I have always been like one of those people. It's like, I'm not afraid to work 80 hours a week. Um, not being a reactionary about it, but just sort of having like a sort of cognitive disconnect where, you know, you're brought up to believe that hard work is like the thing. And like, I think I've related to to this sort of before, but like it's the mentality of you have to kill the cop in your head. Like, you can hate the police and then still buy into a lot of the propaganda. You can yeah. hate that you have to work 80 hours a week, but still in, in your head have the mentality of like taking a certain amount of pride in it. Fuck that, dude. No. I'm, if I could find a way to make the amount of money I make like and work three days a week, I would do that. Fuck working. Oh, yeah. I, uh, yeah, kill the Protestant work ethic in your head. I guess. For real, yeah. Um, I do have a couple more things about um, John Deere and the UAW. So, I, this is kind of funny. They've they've been putting uh, salaried office workers on the shop floor <laughs> as scabs, and uh, it didn't go so well, or it hasn't been so far. Um, so, again, from Jonah Furman's Twitter, uh, on the first full day of John Deere using non-union workers to attempt to replace UAW members on the factory floor, didn't even make it till 8 a.m. without a 9-11 call. Or 911, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, never forget uh, that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, fire department apparently says this was a medical call, not an accident, for what it's worth. Can you all hear the ice cream truck out my window? Yeah, but I think it's a nice touch. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real jovial tone under that 911 call. <laughs> okay, that's, uh, that's not an ice cream truck. That's just our drop for a 911 call. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a little uh it's a little obscure. You wouldn't get it. Um yeah, and then I think also on the first day they had uh I don't know if this is related or not, but they had uh, someone like run into a um, run into something expensive with uh, with a tractor because they they forgot that they had the weights on the front. So uh, yeah, <laughs> there's a there's a screenshot of the um, incident report. It's it's uh, pretty funny. Um, and then uh, so also like all these office workers that you know. They're, they're not used to this kind of work, as you could tell, like they're not meeting their like production uh, goals and like everything's going out late and broken. And um, they're also not happy about it. Like 
<laughs> they're not having fun doing all of this stuff. And some of them are grumbling about like, hey, maybe us salary workers need a union also. So <laughs> it's maybe having the opposite effect that the higher ups, uh, uh, you know, wanted, which I mean, I don't know why they didn't like basically the same exact thing happened like 30 something years ago when they when, you know, John Deere workers went on strike in the 80s. They, they brought in scabs and office workers and a lot, a lot of them hurt themselves and broke things. And so, yeah. To the surprise of no one, they're not good at running a factory. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like when you have these technical and like skilled labor positions, like they're that for a reason. It's I'm not, like, oh, God, this hangover is fucking killing me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you, you can't just like. When, like, I worked as a machinist for years, I was not, like, after five years, I still barely felt capable of doing the job, because it's it's a really highly technical and difficult job. Um, you know, there was some stuff I was insanely proficient at, and some stuff that I was, like, just god-awful at. Um, so I can only imagine that when you're putting together tractors, it's no different, and I don't know how you would possibly expect to just bring in an accountant and say, build this tractor. <laughs> hey man, you're good. Harold, you're not a payroll. We need you on the shop floor. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dude, imagine um, being the farmer who buys the tractor that got built by like the folks from accounting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I guess, you know, that reminds me like in the future, we might talk about this, but like John Deere has been real shitty about this whole like right to repair thing. Like, yeah, I don't know how much y'all have followed that, but like, they're basically, you know, yeah, they're, they're saying like, you know, basically we want our trained John Deere technicians to repair a tractor. And for a lot of farmers, they can't just like drive the tractor to the John Deere dealership and like get it fixed. It's like, it's a whole operation to get this, you know, 20, 30,000 pound tractor to, to get fixed. You know, a lot of, a lot of farmers are used to doing their own repairs and. Yeah. I mean like you, you know, when you hear John Deere, I think you just think like regular sort of tractor, but like, you know, we're talking about combines and like right. serious industrial equipment. Like this is not a loaded onto your fucking car hauler and take it up the road. This is specialized equipment. It's, it's, you know, instead of, it can be something really simple. I remember one guy talking about how like he had, learned to hack some of the equipment so that he was able to repair it himself. And it saved him days because between loading it onto a trailer and transporting it to wherever it's getting repaired. And then the time that it takes for them to like go into it and repair it, et cetera, et cetera. He just can fix it. He just work on it for a couple hours and fix it. So in the amount of time that it, it would have taken him to get it to the repairs, he's just fixed it. Yeah. And you to have every, really, you, you, to be really specific, John Deere wants you to call them and schedule for a John Deere representative to come out to where the tractor is, load the tractor, bring it to the nearest John Deere facility, which if you're working on a farm is possibly hundreds of miles or thousands of miles away, have their technicians then, you know, put it in a queue to be repaired 
whenever they possibly can and then transport that tractor back to you, which if you know anything about growing crops, there's a very finite amount of time that you can do certain procedures within in a year. Right. And so your entire yearly income basically could be ruined through, you know, a bad valve, a bad, you know, simple piece of machinery that you could easily fix yourself if you're halfway competent, but no, John Deere will lock out the tractors so that they cannot be restarted after it senses, you know, a failure to function. Yes. I mean, my understanding is, is they're using the, uh, a clause in the digital millennium copyright act to basically claim copyright over like the source code in the computers that run the tractor and say that since there's a computer in there, everything attached to it is, you know, we control how that is repaired. And, you know, if you try and fix it yourself, you'll void the warranty and we can also brick it remotely with the computer, you know, so you can't even, even drive it or whatever. So yeah, like people are having to like hack the firmware on their tractors to, to get it to work, which is just not a sentence I thought I would ever say, but, uh, it's know. like jailbreaking your iPhone, but times a million. Yeah. <laughs> and to be able to grow corn. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching a little Why bit of... Why the fuck uh, do they even need that much technology? Like, right. what improvement has all of these electronics, like, c- contributed to these this equipment? I mean, a lot of them do have navigation guidance on them which is a pretty cool thing to have i guess it does help you know the efficiency of growing corn but yeah they got outside of that like yeah yeah. i I mean they they can like you know keep the rows straighter or whatever but yeah well because like on a car i can i understand it well enough to say like no like you know and i like brake systems improve you know, braking performance and, you know, just there, a, a lot of electronics are bullshit and a lot of them actually like improve the performance and efficiency of the car. Oh my God. I think it's hailing. All right. Well, if y'all hear that, then that's the weather in my house. What was that? Oh, the, the weather's getting really bad here and, and it's hailing. And I didn't know if you could hear that from, I heard something recording. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That was like what sounded like about 15 seconds of hail. Hmm. Um. Yeah, so like in a car, I get that, but on a tractor, I'm just like, doesn't that thing just have to dig holes and go in a straight line? Yeah. But I'm not a farmer; I don't know the ins and outs of that shit. Yeah. Oh, one one other little thing about uh, John Deere is um, in Atumwa, I I'm not sure where that is, Wisconsin or something. They uh they had a delivery driver like driving a semi truck, um, you know, come up and turn around at the picket line. So that's encouraging, you know, nice. Um, they're also talking about we, like the, the, you know, the, all these scabs are doing such a shitty job that like all these deliveries are going to be late for like spare parts and stuff. And like it is, you know, uh harvest season for a lot of crops. So that's, that could have an impact, um, you know, not to mention, you know, climate change is fucking up crops all over the place you know to 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 mention something else about not crossing a picket line we uh 
this was not a formal announcement, but uh, through the grapevine, we had heard that uh, UPS and FedEx were not going to cross a picket line for IOTC, so production offices would not even be able to receive packages through them. Nice. Yeah, if, if a FedEx driver was sent to stu- uh, one of the production studios to make a delivery, they were going to turn around if they saw picket lines. So they couldn't even get their fucking mail. It rules. Yeah. So pissed we're not going on strike. Like, I need the money, but, like, I still wanted to go on strike. I've never been on a picket line. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that'd be kind of fun. It's always fun to hold a sign and yell at people. Oh, yeah, I was I was worried because my, my friends were like, please don't go to jail for killing scabs. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I had a friend have a serious talk with me that's like, you you know you can't actually beat the shit out of these people, right? And I'm like, fuck, I can't. <laughs> you cross a fucking picket line, I'm going to beat the fucking shit out of you, dude. Nice. But, yeah, so I, th- I thought that was great that, the, like, they wouldn't even be able to, like, get packages delivered. Yeah. Well, that's sorry. I keep making this about me. no. That's cool. I don't. I don't have any more about the UAW. I mean, we'll or John Deere or whatever. We'll we'll uh, maybe we'll have more to report uh, next week. Whenever if we do something next week, I'm not really sure what our schedule is. Like like I said last time, you know, we're kind of just making this shit up as we go along. So uh, listeners, uh, yeah, help us organize our lives and podcast. Give us ideas about what to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> give us tips and what or, or send us drugs yeah yeah if you if you enjoy our hungover podcast uh yeah send us intoxicants and nothing reminds me of how much connor contributes to our recordings than not having them right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah good luck to whoever edits this one what was i gonna say well should we uh should we try and do the uh the dream build thing or uh are we? Uh, I'm down. That's easy for me. Yeah. Well, Brandon, why don't you go first then? If uh, if you know, since you said you were you're kind of building your dream car at this moment, right? Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm I'm sure that I could come up with some other like wild thing. Like th- there is technically like an iteration of my drag van that is my dream build, where I'm actually going to like alter the body pretty drastically, like basically just make it smaller, like narrow it, shorten it, lower it, everything so that I could build an actual like big daddy Roth cartoon with the blower hanging out of the back and shit like that. But, uh, I have nowhere near the sort of skill to do that just yet. So we'll, we'll discuss like my more realistic dream build, which is my drag van and literally just doing the thing. It's going to be I've, I've talked about it on the, the show before, but I can't remember to what detail. So it's, uh, uh, for now we're doing it on a budget. Like I, th- I think that when it's all said and done, we'll have spent about $4,500 to get the van running in what we expect to be the mid to high 11s in the quarter. Um, so yeah, that's eventually like the, the dream build thing. We'll, we'll go with what I'm, I'm hoping to have it where it's at eventually which is going to be like it'll be like a fairly stock van custom paint job i'm 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 doing a red and yellow paint job uh it is going to be called the red scare i'm doing uh i'm making custom hammer and sickle bubble windows for it um yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna do a very like 
obviously communist paint job, but like also like metal flake and lace paint, like low rider style, like panels painted all over it, stuff like that. Um, not incredibly over the top, but pretty, I want to do a pretty good job of it. Real wild interior to match. Um, it'll sit a little bit lower. We're, we're going to like lower the center of gravity. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm much more about the drivetrain than the rest of it. Like, I think it'll look super cool when it's done. But uh, if, you know, if we're talking full dream build, I would put uh, probably a supercharged 632 big block on it. Um, probably, like, as, as Zach and I discussed on the episode that's about to go out, uh, I can't really do my dream build in real life because uh, I realized that it was going to get, like, two miles to a gallon. <laughs> and I, I would literally have, like, and like I would be able to fill up the gas tank and have anxiety over whether or not I could make it to another gas station. But since uh, since I'm just daydreaming here, yeah, supercharged 632 uh, power glide. Uh, yeah, I would love to say maybe put like a, like a gear vendor's overdrive on it, but literally wouldn't have room because I I mean the way that I'm mounting the motor inside of it. I believe the drive shaft I am running will be under six inches long. Um, like there will barely actually be a drive shaft. It will basically be couplers attached to each other. Right. Yeah. I'm running. It's uh, going to be a Ford nine inch. It's been narrowed and gusseted reinforced. Uh, we've already done the four link on the frame. I do. I do have to, if, if we're doing dream build, I would, I would do a full like custom tubular frame. Um, dude, I, I think, I think I might do an angle chop if, if we're talking dream build too, like angle chopped vans look pretty sick. Uh, y'all know what that is. Yeah. Is that for the front suspension or no, no, that's, that's body. Um, you oh, know what chopped okay. is when something yeah. gets like cut and yeah. Angle chop is exactly what it sounds like. They, they chop it, but it's, uh, at an angle so that like you're cutting a lot more of the windshield out and the rear is a lot more uh, stock height. But a lot of times what p people do when they angle chop a van like that, um, usually the back windows, like in the, the back doors of the van, are also chopped and angled forward. So it's really like about halfway up the body. You just rotate the, the top half of the body, like, huh. at a, to a slight angle. I can, like, I'd, I'd have to dig up some pictures because... Uh, I've only seen maybe five or six angle chopped bands like that before, but every one of them looks so fucking sick. Um, I've never seen an early van done that way. So I'd have to like maybe do like a rendering or something to see how that would actually look. But yeah, by and large, you know, I'm the only sacrifices I'm really making on the build that I'm doing are for price constraints and drivability. Like, I want this to be really fucking fast in the quarter mile, but I also want to be able to drive it to a fucking show or, you know, cruise into like a van meet with my club without having to trailer it everywhere. And if I'm getting like one and a half to two miles to a gallon, not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I feel like that's a pretty reasonable sacrifice too. Like, you know, I'll just go with, 
800 wheel horsepower instead of 1200. <laughs> uh, you know, the kind, the kind of sacrifices that we have to make in life. It's, it's tragic, but you know, you learn to live. But I mean, otherwise, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to do the wildest paint job that I can muster doing myself. And, you know, the, instead of buying like a nice, like tube frame, like tube chassis for it, uh, we've just back halved it and like fabricated all of the, uh, actual like rear ladder bar section. I mean, I, I did buy a ladder bar kit, but we did the frame from scratch. That's not, uh, from a kit and yeah, I'm. I don't know, like buying kits sometimes like, you know, it, it, the kit that I bought for the four link was barely more than it was going to cost me to buy all the Heim joints for the four link. Like it was a really affordable kit and we made everything else. Cause I have way more fun making shit than I do buying kits. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a cost benefit analysis to an extent, but in, for this, it was not really that difficult to do all the fabrication work myself. So, uh, yeah, I guess I, I guess that's it. Like not nothing too wild, but it's a, a first gen Chevy van, very communist themed and fast as fuck. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I just, I just really want to piss off like reactionary like car guys and be like, "Yo, yo, I'm about to whoop your fucking ass with a van, <laughs> a communist nice. van, the communist manifesto." <laughs> <laughs> And uh, the uh, the angle chop thing is that just to look cool, or is it like a is no it like functionality a, to it at all? If anything, okay. it decreases functionality because you just have a lot less headroom. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I technically, mean, cool, yeah. technically, it would help with uh, wind resistance. I guess it would slightly make it more aerodynamic. I mean, I or know maybe it's... make some more downforce if it's at an angle. I have wondered that. I don't know how much. Like you don't really need a ton of downforce drag racing because like you you don't have to really worry about traction much once you've hooked up in the yeah. first 60 feet like you don't really need downforce that's actually just going to cause more uh you know rolling resistance right but it it could make it more aerodynamic that is that is true like it's you know not necessarily downforce just reducing wind resistance there's a uh... There's that new show. I haven't watched it because it's on that like Motor Trend streaming app or whatever. Oh, and I yeah. haven't paid for that, but it's um it's called like Motor Mythbusters, and it's got the one, the one guy Tori from uh, Mythbusters, and they're testing like different um you know myths around cars. And I've one of them my was on that show. Oh no shit! Okay, cool. Nice. Uh, my friend well, Rose, who is the person behind Custom Banner. Okay. Yeah, not um, she's not great. in front of the camera. What one of the behind the scenes people? I actually thought that she was going to be on camera, but everything that I've seen from it, uh, I've not seen any footage of her. So she might just be working on it. Gotcha. But she's she's a like very very well established fabricator. She knows her shit inside and out, upside and down. Like she's good. Yeah, but one of the promos I saw for it, and maybe you know more, Brandon, but like. They were they were chopping the top on a van uh, to see if it would be more aerodynamic. Oh no, I, I haven't really followed it that closely. I haven't talked to Rose in a couple of months, so I don't know. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. May, I I do I did pay for that thing once. I I I did enjoy watching the I think it was called Hot Rod Garage. Yeah, with um, oh I forget the guy's name. One of them was named Lucky something, 
But Love yeah, that was a pretty yeah, that was a pretty entertaining show. I actually like a lot of those shows. My my friend has the Motor Trend thing, and and I keep meaning to sign up for it, but I just I don't know. When I'm at home, I it's hard for me to like pay much attention. Kind of going back right. to like why all of my friends have been commenting that I might have ADD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah I paid for it like last year when it when they had a deal on it, like a holiday deal, like you know, ten. It's only like five bucks a month. Yeah, I think I think they had the whole year for like 10, 12 bucks or something. Mm. So it was like a dollar or two a month. But um, I used to have my friends log in, but it definitely does the thing where if I log in, it logs him out. And if he logs in, it logs me out. And it oh, just, yeah, it became sort of a headache because he can never remember what his password is. And so he's I just <laughs> I got tired of having like the text conversation where like he's giving me like six different passwords with three different emails to try. And I'm like, God, fucking damn it yeah but yeah that's that, that's me that's I'm, I'm you will all see pictures of my dream build one day because i'm hoping <laughs> to have it done next year all right well i won't um, but i'm hoping to <laughs> i got a couple things um i guess we can go in the same order if that's cool with you zach yeah i maybe. i uh i talked a little bit about some of my ideas when we did the the um what do you call it fantasy car factory discussion. Yeah. Uh, some of my ideas for my MR2. And I think one I discussed was um, this guy in Canada named Arlen Sansom. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Who um, built his own custom motor controller for a Nissan Leaf motor and uh, put one in a Honda CRX and uh, was doing, I forget, what kind of times he was doing in the quarter mile, but he dyno tested it once and got like 300 to the wheels um, with this custom motor controller. Whereas I think normally they're like 150 horsepower. So he basically doubled the output of this motor. And I think he can only run it at max power for like a few seconds at a time or it'll overheat, but that's fine for drag racing and stuff. Yeah. As, um, as long as it doesn't overheat in under like 12 or 13 seconds, he's good. Right, exactly. So I'd kind of like to make an electric MR2 with that kind of setup. Uh, I think that would be pretty fun. I mean, I have other ideas too. I think it'd be cool to um, put double wishbone suspension on it. Um, like there is certain generation of, of uh, Miata has basically the same track width, maybe like half an inch wider or something. And then also uh, the Honda CRV. Um, the all-wheel drive ones have pretty similar track width, and those both have double wishbone suspension. So I figure between the the front and rear suspension of those cars, I could cobble together something that would fit on an MR2 chassis. And there'd be plenty of cutting and welding and shit, but you know, it's it's a possible thing to do. Um, but uh, you know, I think you know with that you could even do like long travel off-road suspension and make like a dune buggy sort of MR2. I feel like that'd be a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Dude, if um, I could just real quick say something about electric drag racing. Yeah. It's so weird. Like I support it and like a lot of electric motors you can get some pretty crazy power out of, but you don't realize how like much the sound of a drag car plays a role in the experience of watching racing until suddenly right. something is just sitting there dead quiet and then just disappears. Like <laughs> 
Like, holy shit, that was really fast. I did not expect that from the dead silence. Yeah. I mean, last time I went to the drag strip, um, it was years ago before I started working uh, second shift. But um, there was a couple people running uh, Teslas, just brought brought their own Teslas. And those would put down pretty good times. But yeah, it was pretty eerie to watch them just launch silently, especially the all-wheel drive ones. They just hook up and go. There's no like wheel spin at all or anything. Yeah, it's like it's cool. I respect it. I'm pro electric car, you know, somewhat. Like it, it has more drawbacks than I think people will really like openly discuss. But like the, a lot of that can be dealt with. But for drag racing, it's just so fucking weird. Yeah, I I mean honestly, I think like as a practical mode of transportation, like electric bicycles are ten times better than electric cars. As far as like, you know, environmentally friendly and easy to park and don't take up too much space. I mean, you can't really ride them in the snow, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that there is going to be a genuinely positive way to build cars or any technology you can come up with to to have cars where it's going to be superior than just living in a place with a really good public transportation system. Like that's, that's the way to go. Like every you know like me having 12 cars is absurd and that's just it's a weird world but i live in where i can do that oh yeah i forgot to mention i got another van <laughs> i'm up so now i'm at, at 12 vehicles yeah i mean they they call it car cane for a reason i was i was given uh, this as payment for something so okay you're just holding it for a friend <laughs> it, it, um, it's totaled I was just yeah. going to say, it's totaled, but it has a lot of good usable parts that I can, like, patch up my van with. So, yeah. it, it's it's a win, and it was just what my buddy gave me. He was going to give me just the transmission from it, but oh, the work I think, that... I think you did mention this. I don't know if we were recording at the time, but yeah, I know. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't remember whether... I don't know. The last two weeks have been kind of a blur. Yeah, no shit. Um, oh, and I don't know. I didn't say this, but for the listener, it's... uh. I, I was I'm hungover because uh, I, I had a, a breakup last night, so it's not like I get wasted on the weekends on a regular basis. So, in case you're yeah, I could probably something. come up with some excuse for why I did that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but I just I just get wasted on weekends and also a lot of weekdays. I mean, yeah, you know, maybe I shouldn't be so so uh puritanical or whatever but oh yeah i mean it's it's i like i'm very no i I actually have a really good excuse i have serious mental health issues that i deal with in really counterproductive ways so i get wasted a lot yeah i i also uh got in a fight with my window blinds and i won so uh so (laughs) it was a it was a good evening let's say i feel like in that situation there are no winners or losers (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I might need new window blinds. You either um, get your ass kicked by your blinds, or <laughs> you just destroy something that now has to be replaced. Exactly. I mean, they're they're kind of shitty, so uh, that's that's why I got in a fight with them. It was their fault. Um, what was I talking about? Your dream build. Think- <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> This so is, I guess those are my the ideas. Episode we've ever recorded, <laughs> possibly. I have gotten so drunk that I don't remember two of our recordings. 
Yeah, I don't know. If, I think one of those we weren't actually recording, or maybe we didn't publish it or something. I don't know. Okay, good. It's lost to the, it's lost to the sands of time. <laughs> oh, man, I, I look I look so much better to the listeners if that's the case. <laughs> um. I mean, I guess I covered like my my dreams of of MR two stuff. I think at one point I was ta- I was thinking of uh, it would be cool to put a, um, the three liter straight six from a Volvo in there because they made one that fit in transverse, um, like a CX ninety or whatever, and they made a twin turbo version that made like around three hundred horsepower on low boost. Uh, so that would be kind of fun. If it would fit, I think it's probably too wide for an MR2. Maybe a second gen it would fit. I don't know. But uh, what I'll probably end up doing if I ever spend some money on that car is uh, poly bushings because the rubber bushings in there are pretty much shot and I don't think you can buy replacement rubber ones. Um, maybe coilovers after that. Um, and then I'd like to upgrade the brakes to the the later like 87 and later bigger brakes, or even I think I've seen some people put um, second gen hubs and rotors and all that shit on there. Uh, and that get, you can get five lug wheels on there also. And then if the engine ever goes out on this one, uh, I, I might, I don't know. I don't know if I'll have the money or time for this or if, uh, you know, we'll be able to get gasoline in the future. But, uh, uh, I think it'd be cool to get the uh, 2ZZ motor out of a uh, like um, Pontiac Vibe GT uh, that we talked about in the previous episode. Um, or, you know, it was the same engine. It was in the Corolla, the, the top of the line performance Corolla, um, Celica, Matrix, and maybe another car too uh, beyond the, the Pontiac Vibe. So it's a it's a twin cam 1.8. Oh, and the Lotus Elise too. It was a tuned up version of that in the Lotus Elise. Uh, it's a twin cam 1.8 um, with variable valve timing. I think sort of like VTEC, uh, with with like a second cam profile on the intake. I think um, I think it redlines around like seven or eight thousand. Um, makes around like one seventy to one eighty depending on the tune. Um, I think it needs premium gas though. Uh, but it's also like a, it's a, it's a aluminum block. So it's lighter than the, the 4AM motor that's, that's in there right now. Um, yeah, I don't know. So it'd be, it'd be a pretty good performance upgrade. I mean, also if I wanted to go the cheaper route, there's, uh, like the, the same, I think the, the onesie motor that was in the third gen MR2, uh, I think a version of it was in the um, uh, various like Scions and Toyota Echoes. And uh, there was a version in the Prius, but that has like 13 to 1 compression ratio, but different cam profile. So it's a Miller cycle. Um, and there's, I think I might have talked about this. There's some guy that uh, put a um, put Toyota Echo cams in a Toyota Prius motor so that it doesn't have that Miller cycle thing. And so it takes advantage of the full compression, that 13 to one compression. Uh, I think it still only makes like 120 horsepower, but I don't know. I thought that was kind of fun for my Sabaru. Um, I'll probably just keep it mostly stock. I mean, I think I might want to eventually 
do the twin scroll turbo setup uh, that came on the JDM STI. Uh, and that's good for like 275, 280 horsepower, I want to say. Um, but that would require like some custom exhaust adapter thing and maybe a different oil pan. I forget if that, if you need a, a special oil plan for that. Um, and of course, a custom tune, you know, upgraded injectors and stuff. And I'm not sure if the the motor I have in there right now is going to last with that kind of boost on it. But <laughs> um, but uh, what was I going to say? Uh, what I'd really like to do is something like um, the Mighty Car Mods guys did with uh, their Super Legacy. Uh, they called Super Gramps. And that's, uh, uh, I think they have a 3.6 liter flat six out of like a Tribeca or something. Uh, with a with a turbo on it, um, I think it would be cool to have the uh, three liter flat six, the Easy Thirty D, I think is what it's called, um, from like two thousand four to twenty ten. I want to say is when they made that, um, and that only makes like I don't know two two ten to two thirty stock, um, but I think it'd be cool with like some kind of a supercharger or twin turbos. So um, the idea I had was uh, the uh, the supercharger from a Mazda Millennia sedan. Um, they had a supercharged version with the Miller cycle engine. And that supercharger, like if you just drive it at the the um, whatever pulley ratio that it's set up with already, it would make like 20 or 30 pounds of boost on, on the Subaru motor. <laughs> So I wouldn't be doing that. <laughs> that would blow it up. No, you should. But like, I don't know, <laughs> 8 to 10 PSI, I think would be plenty on that motor. You can make three to 400 horsepower pretty easy uh, without blowing it up. Um, Yo, this is dream build but, though, dude. You just get to like spend your pretend money on a nice motor yeah. so that it can handle 30 pounds of boost. Yeah. Close <laughs> down. Okay, so I'm going to spend. Internals, go all out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Close deck, all that. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's kind of the idea. Um, it would be cool to have it either in a legacy or in a Sabru, I think. Um, I've also seen some people that will, I think there's someone building one. There's a, there's a Facebook group called uh six swapped Subarus. So people that are putting those, those three liter or 3.6 or even the older 3.3 liter engine into different, various Subarus. Uh, the problem with that is that the later model ones had the CAN bus uh, wiring system. It's real complicated to use the stock wiring harness and you're better off just using a um, aftermarket ECU. And at that point, you're not going to be able to like pass any kind of emissions test probably. Uh, at least Why are you being they... pragmatic on your dream build? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there are people in that group uh, that are using, I think it's an Audi supercharger uh, that's meant for like around a three liter V6 or something. Uh, so that might be a good matchup too. But yeah, I don't know. Twin turbos might be fun too. Um, I've also seen people that will put uh, LSV8s in a uh, in an Impreza and make them rear drive. I think that would be pretty fun. Um, I'm not sure if the stock rear end would hold up to that, but apparently you can, you can put a Nissan rear end in those things, uh, and they'll bolt right up. Um, because fun story, uh, when 
in the seventies, I think late seventies is when Subaru developed their uh, all wheel drive technology. Before that, they were just front wheel drive. They used Nissan parts to make their prototype. Hmm. And so even, even with like a 2005 Subaru, it'll, it'll take a Nissan diff from, you know, the nineties or, or even later, I think. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I got some other ideas that I'll probably never get to. Like, I'd kind of like to have a turbo Miata. I mean, I had a Miata that I was going to turbo and then that never happened. But, um, the other thing I'd like to do is, uh, build a steam powered four by four. Um, <laughs> just cause I think it would be fun and stupid. And my candidate for this is a, uh, um, international harvester scout, Ooh, uh, nice. because oh, I love those good. Joy. Yeah. <laughs> so those came with, um, I forget the cubic inches or whatever, but they had a V eight and then they had a, a four cylinder version that was basically just half of a V eight. So they cut off one bank of the cylinders. And so they have a lot of interchangeable parts between them. I'm not sure if this would work, but I think it would be cool to, because with a, um, if you have a four cylinder steam engine, you want the crank throws to be 90 degrees apart from each other. Like they are on a V eight. So put the V eight crankshaft in the four cylinder and then build the upper end custom to have the the steam cylinders on there and everything and then i'm not sure where you'd put the boiler and the water tank and all that kind of shit but i don't know i think that would be fun a friend of a friend here in town manually machined all the parts because he's he's like a hobbyist machinist which to me is an insane concept because machining equipment's like so expensive and all the tools cost a fortune but uh he had a very small machine shop and manually machined a steam engine for his boat Nice. Yeah. So it's a weirdly attainable goal. It's wildly impractical, but if, yeah, it's it's entirely doable. Yeah. And I think there was some off-road shop that built a steam-powered Jeep. Um, but it looks it looks kind of dumb. It's like a 6x6 six six and it has a, this like giant like steam uh train looking boiler on it. And it probably weighs like I don't know, over 10,000 pounds or something. So like I would want to make things a little bit lighter. Um I don't know. I got real, real into those like um, Jay Leno videos where he's talking about his different steam powered cars a while ago. And uh, the Doble um, that he's got, I think it's like from around 1920. That thing has some pretty, pretty interesting technology as far as like the boiler only has maybe like one or two liters of water in it at any given time. Um, it's, it's a very compact, you know, boiler and, and um, engine and everything. Um, and makes like a thousand foot pounds of torque, which is why I'd want to have it on an off-road machine. It's <laughs> like what so. a tractor trailer produces. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or like a big rig, yeah. And you can get a hundred percent of that torque from zero RPM, like an electric motor. Huh. So, dude, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in theory, you wouldn't really need a, a gearbox, and like, you wouldn't need four low either. You're just you have all the torque anyways. So you could just have, I don't know. You could, you could, you, in, instead of like with a typical rock crawler, instead of gearing it down, you'd want to gear it up or whatever. So, so you'd, you could have like, I don't know, two to one rear end or something. <laughs> or even one to one. I don't know. 
That would, um, like, fuck with so many people because you never, like, you always just see gear ratios stated as something like, you know, 307 or whatever. Because, no, you don't really need to, like, say what the, like, it's not, you don't have to say 1 to 307. But right. with your configuration, you would have to be very clear about that and it would confuse people. <laughs> yeah. Or just not be clear at all and be super vague. Like, what's the yeah. gear ratio? 1. <laughs> uh, you gonna finish that nope that's it <laughs> yeah so uh those are those are my my dumb ideas oh another thing is the um sorry the uh the mazda supercharger that they put on the millennia it's a um i think it's a lysholm type is what they call it or twin screw or something and with those they actually um they compress the air internally rather than just pushing it into the intake and um what that means is if you run them backwards they act as a steam engine so they expand internally and so i think one of those would be cool to make a steam-powered motorcycle with so have like one or two of those or maybe even three of those superchargers like geared together with like a tooth belt or something to run a motorcycle I don't think I, don't I understood what that meant, but I don't think I'm going to in my current state. <laughs> it's okay. I can, I can send you some diagrams or something. <laughs> but I don't know. I think it would be cool to have a steam-powered anything, really. Um, I, I, one of my life goals is to set some kind of steam-powered record, like maybe a, a land speed record or like a, um, a time at Pikes Peak Hill Climb or something like that. I mean, it's probably so. like not a super competitive class, too. So it's probably pr surprisingly doable, if I had to guess. Right. Yeah, I know. Twenty Four Hours of Lemons has rules against pressure vessels. Uh, they don't want people like having like pressurized gasoline or whatever on their cars, or like you know, propane or something. Uh, and I, I think they might have a problem with like seven hundred psi of steam pressure in something. <laughs> Yeah, actually, when you phrase it that way, I want to stay the fuck away from these steam motors. <laughs> I mean, it's only it's it's only in a certain area, you know. It's I mean, it's not that much actual steam. But if you if you like if it's superheated steam, it's probably around you know seven hundred to a thousand uh, degrees Fahrenheit. Also, so like if it leaks, it'll like strip the flesh off your bones, and you won't even be able to see the steam. It'll be invisible. Fun. So, yeah. Yeah, how would that work as far as like a Pikes Peak scenario? Because, I mean, is it, is the uh, altitude change going to fuck with the uh, PSI of the steam and fuck up your engine? Or is it no, self-contained I mean, enough to not really care about what the outside uh, Yeah, I mean, you is? might not, you might have to fuck with a burner in the in the boiler. It might not be as efficient as you get less oxygen coming up. But the steam engine itself, it doesn't it doesn't give a shit about what the the outside oxygen is. So it's I mean, in that regard, it's like a like an electric car, which is why, you know, at, at Pikes Peak, there's so many electric cars winning now because they don't have to factor in the uh, the altitude as far as like the, the air and, and stuff. Yeah. So I th I think it would be fine. Like if anything you might get a little bit better performance cuz the outside air pressure would be less as you go up. And that makes sense. it would expand more. But I'm not sure about that. 
not to go off on too much of a tangent, but they paved the second half of Pike's Peak, and now it's not half pavement, half dirt, and it makes me very sad because that was like half I think the coolness of it. I think it's 100% paved now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for many years, so, it was like 50% asphalt, roughly, and then 50% oh, okay. dirt road. Like up to the peak, it was like a dirt road, and that was like a huge factor in tuning your car's suspension and everything was dealing with both asphalt and dirt conditions. And it just made it so much more interesting to me. But whatever. I guess yeah, I had to make sorry. it safe. Lame. <laughs> well, I think it's more to do with erosion. It's because um, it's like, I want to say the the city of Colorado Springs, like, like park department has administration over it or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they were having so much like dirt and gravel and shit washed down that it was actually causing like an ecological problem. I think they got sued by the, I don't know, EPA or, or, uh, some, some, something. Uh, and basically they had to pave it to stop that erosion. Damn. Um, um now I feel like an asshole. It, Good. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it was more fun when it was dirt. Like I got to, I got to be there, I think on one of the last years that they had dirt on it back in the day. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty fun. Um, seeing the cars slide around and stuff. Um, but I don't know. I mean, they are quicker now that it's all paved, but it's it's a totally different, you know, way of driving it. Yeah. It's not so much a rally racing. It's, you know, tarmac. Um, but. But yeah, I don't know. That's that's all I got. Uh, but yeah, sorry, Zach, if you got some. Uh, some stuff to say, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, no worries. That was uh, yours are all way more inventive than mine. Uh, so that was, that was pretty interesting to hear about all the steam powered well, stuff. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I, would, I doubt I'll ever get around to doing that shit, but it would be fun. Yeah, for sure. But it's still pretty doable if you do want to. And I like that. Yeah. It's, it's technically possible, practically difficult. <laughs> Fair, but still possible. And that's, that's what you got to emphasize. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so mine's, mine's not as, as creative or inventive as steam powered stuff, but, um, as far as what I would like to build out for my currently owned vehicles, um, I really just want to take my 2011 WRX hatchback to the absolute pinnacle of possibility for, uh, Subaru stuff. So no motor swap to, you know, like a V8 or anything like that. I want to just put in um, basically an STI drivetrain or possibly get an STI of the same model year with the hatchback and everything. Because I think, personally, it's the best looking one they've ever made, the 2011 to 2014. I, I, I need to point out that you just said you would like to possibly get an STI. I would. I mean, it is the goal of mine is to get an SUV. Well, just one. I mean, maybe two. It depends. You know, you get one, you like it, you get another. It's fine. I couldn't let that go without making a joke. Yes, yeah. it is named. It. I would like to point out they named it the STI when they were more commonly known as STDs, not STIs. The the nomenclature changed. <laughs> yeah but they're sticking with it they're like ah fuck all that shit it's still an sti <laughs> <laughs> i i want to say there was a few cars with a std level like trim package on some of them i want to say yeah, crown Dink had those yeah. yeah 
<laughs> in a Crown Vic, the STD comes standard. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually uh, uh, a, a company that makes aftermarket Harley stuff called STD. Um, nice. They, and they make transmission and engine cases. Mm. And so uh, you uh, just, it's hard to Google them because like. STD, STD transmission case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't Google well. No, it's actually surprisingly fitting for the Harley Davidson crowd though. <laughs> <laughs> that was just for you, Brandon. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Yeah. Oh. oh, by the way, have you, have either of you ever read the Hell's Angels by Hunter S. Thompson? Uh, I have not. No. It's it's got some part, interesting I've parts. Some in that. of it actually, yeah. It's I, I'd say it's worth reading. Um, I think my favorite passage is like he's like uh, you know, for, for one one day in October or whatever. I uh, for no reason that I can remember, I went out onto my back porch and shot a shotgun in the air five times and yelled uh, and screamed, and uh, then went back inside and went to bed. And that's just like non sequitur in the middle of the page. Gotta keep the property value under control. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the kind of things that he was uh he was doing when he was hanging out with the Hells Angels. But sorry, go ahead and Zach. Yeah, sorry. Back to my dreams of uh acquiring an STI. Um so also a very attainable goal. Yeah. Basically first step I have a lot of unprotected sex. Yeah. No. Oh, Oh If it was a, if it was a bug eye, uh, WRX, it would, you'd be a bug chaser, right? Oh yeah. I forget that that's a thing. That's a horrible, (laughs) horrible thing that exists. (laughs) This conversation is spiraling wildly out of control. (laughs) We need Connor here to keep us in line. Connor, come back to us. (laughs) Oh Jesus. Okay. Um, I would like to get a, a, 2011 to 2014 WRX hatchback tuned by Subaru Technica International, uh, to be clear there. Uh, because, like I said, I just think that's the best-looking body style. That's why I have a 2011 WRX right now. So either I swap in the uh, SCI drivetrain or buy an SCI uh, and start with uh, the, the easier-to-build-off-of platform. Uh, but basically do everything possible to just push it to its absolute peak. So that's a full closed deck block, built heads, cams, uh, big rotated twin scroll turbo setup to get that power uh, in the low end and make big power on the top end as well. And basically just build a um, an ultimate daily driver is the way that I see it. I would like to shoot for a uh, thousand horsepower capable, but since it would be a daily, uh, I would want to overbuild and then under push the engine to make, hopefully tune it to precisely 666 horsepower, because <laughs> I think that would be fucking sick and hail Satan. Uh, thank you, Brandon. <laughs> and yeah, uh, I, I love uh, the pandem body kicks i think uh rocket money is what most people know him by but i would love to do the the big wide fender kit some nice dished wheels slam it to the ground probably on air ride so that i could get over pebbles and stuff when i needed to 
and do um, like a mint green wrap on it with all cherry red accents because I've okay. never seen that color combo really done and I think it would just look fucking fantastic. But yeah, that's that's my uh, current Subaru dream build. I, I know people have made a thousand horsepower on those engines, but I'm pretty sure that would be real peaky and real laggy, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, since it's a 2.5 liter flat four, <laughs> that would be the absolute maximum that you can make. That's, you know, on ethanol on like 35 to 38 pounds of boost, I think is probably target boost numbers for that uh, kind of power. But that's why, uh, like I said, I would like to build it capable of peaking around a thousand, but detune it down some. Uh, to like, I think 600, you know, mid 600, 666 horsepower is doable on a full, you know, flex fuel and everything. Huge injectors, probably like ID 2300s or something. Just spray a shitload of fuel and push a massive like 80 millimeter turbo to spray a shit ton of air. I think it, I think it can be done. Okay. I mean, even with that, it would still be peaky and laggy. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Which is uh, uh, specifically why I said uh, uh, I would like to have a twin scroll setup, so yeah. that you know I could get a little bit more low end and not drive it at you know a thousand peak horsepower. Probably run a smaller turbo on it, okay. Slightly, you know, still probably like seventy mil turbo. To so you're talking like you'd you'd have the like the fuel system and the the engine everything capable of withstanding a thousand but you wouldn't necessarily push it that hard yeah exactly i think the big switch would be um i would like to have two tunes basically built into the map and then have a spare turbo since it's dream builds why not you know just have my big boy turbo 80 84 millimeter sitting there for for peak runs and then run probably like a low 70s or maybe like 75 mil turbo on the daily that way it uh it still has a shitload more horsepower than I probably need in a daily driver, but would be uh, a little bit less just all the boost at the absolute top end of what that thing can produce. Yeah. That, I don't know. I, that reminds me, I don't know. There's some dude in, I want to say New Zealand or Australia who has a, uh, a Subaru built for like circuit racing. And one of the things he did was move the entire drivetrain back mm-hmm. like a, about a foot and then has uh, like chains driving the front wheels. Yep. I thought that might be where you're going with that. I've seen that car. It's so <laughs> fucking sick. It has a chain drive front diff, I guess is what you would call it. But yeah, it's basically just right. a chain from the rear of the transmission forward or from one of the CVs or maybe I both. Think, I think he's still got the the front diff in the transmission, mm-hmm. you know, that part hasn't changed, but he's just got two drive, tr- drive chains up to, I don't know, like a jack shaft or whatever that goes to the front CVs. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm going to need to look that up. That, that sounds wild. Yeah. Sad. It's pretty wild. Like that's not the, like there's other crazy shit going on with that thing. I want to, did he have a flat six? I forget. It was something uh... like twin turbo, crazy horsepower. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what he has in it, but I know that it's like a like a time attack car. It's built for yeah. time attack, but it still runs like 
high eights in the quarter or something. Fuck. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it, like something <laughs> insanely fast in the quarter, even though it's set up for time attack. It's a ridiculous build, and that thing is absolutely just fucking bonkers insane. It's a super cool car. Yeah, yeah. I need to check that out. It's it's not my thing, but I'm always like interested in just outside of the box sort of shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's some crazy Subaru builds out there. I mean, I'm I'm impressed by a lot of them. I mean, there's like the the formula that you follow where it's like you get the bigger turbo, you you like like you said you rotate it so it mm-hmm. fits in there better or whatever and put a big front mount on it or whatever and you know, you can make 400 horsepower 500 horsepower pretty easy with that kind of setup but uh i don't know there's there's people always pushing the envelope on those things oh yeah for sure uh there's somebody doing a a six feet or a six cylinder swap uh from an svx i think uh, right yeah into the, the 3.3 liter yeah into a, a 2017 sti currently okay uh, that looks pretty cool and he had that whole motor built for him by um out front out front motorsports did that uh, and they're going to be putting boost on that, I, I imagine. Yeah, it's a big sing, single turbo setup. So he's uh, shooting for like 1,200 on that. Uh, wow. Yeah, so that thing's going to be an absolute monster. But yeah, I want to keep it four-cylinder probably, I think. Just to, like I said, push the EJ up to its logical peak. And then, yeah. uh, that's a, uh, I feel like that's its illogical peak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Logical in the realm of like, I have unlimited money. And if I blow it up, well, you know, in this, then you have unlimited, have unlimited money. money so it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I've also uh, been thinking about the idea of swapping in everything from an Audi RS6 as far as the uh, engine goes, because that was um, uh, into the, the Audi S4 that I have right now. That was the same basic engine uh that that i have right now it's a 4.2 liter v8 but the rs6 had a uh, a twin turbo setup on it and uh packaging is just fucking terrible on the s4 so just going <laughs> full hood rat style like four hood pins in it with just cutouts in the hood uh so it just lifts straight up over two massive turbos sticking out of the hood of an audi s4 because i think it's just i think it would be sick as fuck I kind of love it when people just say, fuck it, hang the turbo out the hood. Yeah. <laughs> There's someone um, that has a, uh, I think it was a Camaro with four turbos sticking out the hood. He calls it something like the the redneck Bugatti or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, someone did that with a, a Mustang, but they put a turbo per cylinder. So it has eight yeah. turbos. I saw that. It doesn't even make much power. No, you can't. Like It's one cylinder running each turbo. They can't produce very much boost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, well, I mean, like it wasn't even not a lot of power. It was just not an impressive number, you know, like it was. Right. No, not for a V8 with eight turbos on it. You'd think it'd be higher. Yeah, it was, it was something like four or 500 horsepower, if I remember correctly, like. More than yeah. a lot of critics were even expecting, but still, like, a number also attainable by that motor naturally aspirated. Yeah. And well, it, I think... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to move on, but if you got something on this... Oh, I was going to say, I think with, like, with turbos, even you want to have some amount of, like, um, exhaust 
tuning so that you feel like have the the pulses interacting with each other correctly like like on a subaru you've got unequal length headers from the factory which is why they sound kind of like a v8 um yeah. but a lot of people will put the equal length uh headers on those and you get um much better um interaction between the exhaust pulses and so it's more efficient it makes boosts quicker it doesn't sound as cool but you know whatever um and so like that's kind of like what what we were talking about with the twin scroll it's mm-hmm. uh it's kind of routing those two separate um exhaust headers into two different housings in the turbo to um kind of keep everything separated and um hopefully spool up quicker i think i'm explaining that correct i'm sure there's more more to it than that but um, yeah that's that's the basic idea behind it just separate yeah. the exhaust pulses so that you don't get any, any of that um weird exhaust pulse overlap that creates uh i don't know there's a word for it there's some technical engineering word for it but i can't think of it yeah. right now it makes think, it vibrating it makes the yeah, air too exactly. vibrating <laughs> i think basically like your turbo is like slowing down and speeding up as the pulses come to it and you want to keep it more steady yeah okay. um, so like i guess the reason like the reason i brought it up is you probably don't want to have like one turbo per cylinder because that can fuck things up. You know, you're going to have one pulse every other rotation or whatever. So it's not going to spool up as well as if you had them all connected up to, uh, you know, one or two turbos, depending on how many cylinders you have. Yeah, I I think you're absolutely right about that. I don't know a ton about turbos and I feel like I'm learning a lot right now. I like this. (laughs) Turbos are I mean, I... I know enough to be dangerous, I guess. Yeah. Well, I just yeah. go supercharger because I like low end torque, like right off the line. Right. And, you know, I'm, I have reactionary car tastes. So, <laughs> you know, a, a blower hanging out of the fucking hood is, is, you know, one of the sickest things I can see on a car. So, yeah. And I mean, that's like the, the builds that I was talking about. That's like kind of what I was shooting for with all of them is low end torque with the six cylinder or the steam engine or electric. If, if you're dailying something and draw, like draw, actually driving it and putting miles on it, low end torque's more fun. Yeah, it is. But, um, also counterpoint. Blah. Psh. <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah, the I mean, it my is, counterpoint. <laughs> it is fun. Valid. <laughs> I mean, it is fun. Like taking a twin cam motor and winding it out to, you know, 7,000 RPM. But there's not so many places and times you can do that and still be, you know, in the speed limit and not not making uh, an absolute ass of yourself. Well, on the road. just do it in a residential neighborhood, like in first gear. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, my God, that motor is screaming, but the car's going 15 miles an hour. <laughs> oh, dude, I was doing that with my Miata back in the day and some guy came out and yelled at me. He's like, I'm like, dude, I'm going 20 miles an hour. I'm just in first gear. It's making a lot of noise, but it ain't going very fast, buddy. <laughs> well, 15 miles an hour is close to top end for a Miata, isn't it? <laughs> in first gear it is, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then I got I got one more I got one more dream build here. And that's oh, yeah, uh, uh, I, kinda... I gotta hop off the call here soon because I work at five instead of striking, I work at five thirty in the morning tomorrow. Fucking worst outcome. <laughs> yeah. 
worst <laughs> trade-off ever. <laughs> you know, um, much like you, Brandon, I'm about to be uh, building one of my actual dream builds. I, When I was a young boy, one of the first model cars I ever bought was a, uh, a Shelby Cobra model car. And so I've been dreaming about those things for many, many years now. Uh, I'm about to own one. So nothing crazy, just the bog standard, pretty much 427 Cobra jet with the four speed behind it and a lot of power in a little car. Nothing out of the box on that one. Just would always dream of having one. And now it is a reality asterisk in a replica version. But, you know, it'll actually run and drive, and I can drive it, so that'll be cool. Yeah, if it were an original, it'd probably be worth too much for you to even want to risk driving Yeah, no, it, I wouldn't even want to look at it. I'd be like, nope, I'm just going to not put eyesight on it, because that could harm it in some possible way. So, yeah, I guess a uh, true limitless dream build, I'd have a uh, an actual original 1965 Shelby Cobra. But, frankly, I don't know if there's enough money in the world to be careless enough to just drive it around. I, I saw some video of, of someone crashing an original one at like a vintage <sighs> race. And I was like, Ooh, there goes like a million bucks. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess if you're, if you're racing one, you, you can afford to lose it. Yeah, I guess that's fucking uh, insane. Um, so I, th- I, th- we're, I feel like we're, we're closing up on, on this recording. But I feel like there was a lesson hidden in here that to some extent we all demonstrated. And that's uh, if, because you're about to start on one of your dream builds. I'm currently in the process of one of my dream builds. Brian, you're not actively pursuing it yet, but like what you described all seemed very attainable. Like, you know, none of us are ever are like probably, probably no leftist is ever going to have the fucking money to actually drop like, even low six figures on a fucking, uh, on their dream car. But like we have described things that, you know, if, if it's what you really want, there are avenues. Cause I mean, hell I'm, I'm doing my dream car, like on a budget. So, you know, I, I hate to be like the hard work guy, even though we just discussed that. I am not only that, but trying to recover from that, but like, it's, you know, when you're building something for yourself, you can brag about your hard work. Don't brag about working hard for your boss. But, uh, you know, do the damn thing. Look look for the deals, man. Cruise Craigslist and Marketplace and fucking go to the junkyard and figure out what fits on what. Do all that shit. Because that's the only way that I've been able to afford to do mine. Like, I've gotten astoundingly good prices on every, on the van itself, the motor, the rear end the transmission, like I'm figuring that I'm going to be about $4,500 into mine, but I'm currently under 3000 into it. I'm just allowing a lot of room for like all the stuff that you don't think about how much it adds up. But I think that, uh, you know, the, the overarching lesson here is that uh, if you have a dream build that you really want to make happen and uh, you know, you you're smart about it and, and you do work hard and you, uh, you know, lower your expectations. You can make it happen. Just, you know, shoot lower. I think the lower your expectations <laughs> thing is normally a joke that I'm making, but like here it's, it's very real. Like, yeah, sure. I absolutely do want a thousand to 1200 wheel horsepower, 
will I settle for, dude, I won't even be that upset if I have, if I'm at like 700, because that's still a very fucking respectable number. It's lower than Absolutely. what I want, but it is what it is. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm still going to have something that will look super cool. And, like, I'll be very happy to, you know, drive it and take it to shows and just generally, like, school fucking cars that really are not expecting my van to have seven or 800 wheel horsepower. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and like, I could probably could accomplish a lot of my, my goals and, and make my dream car of, of some, you know, in some, you know, reduced uh, expectations, capacity, whatever. Uh, but I'd much rather, like, just have several hundred thousand dollars to throw at all these things and have someone else do it. But well, What made you know, me that's... realize how attainable <laughs> these goals were was you bringing up the steam engine thing, specifically because... I know a dude who built a steam-powered boat. Yeah. He's, he's, like, he's not a wealthy dude. Like, he makes... I know what he does for a living, so I'm assuming he makes, like, thirty to $40,000 a year. Um, and, but he, you know, metal's fairly cheap. If you're making the parts yourself, like he did, like, he just... He, like, even, even... He has, like, a mill and a lathe, but they're very, like, rudimentary machines that he bought and fixed up himself because he's just, like... He's a tinkerer, you know, he likes fixing stuff up and making things like whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he- I, I, I could make a shitty steam engine, but I kind of like, I'm not, I'm not saying your friend's steam engine is shitty. I could make really a very basic. It. It's, it's not great, but it's not bad. Yeah. Like you can make a basic steam engine that works pretty easily. Like people made him in like the 1700s or whatever, you know, it's not that high tech, but like, what I kind of want to do is like make the most efficient steam engine ever and have like computer controlled variable valve timing on it and stuff. Uh, <laughs> and that would be a little bit more of a, of a thing. Uh, a weird like goal, said, but I, a respectable one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to take something that's like 300 year old technology and, and make it the pinnacle of that. Push it to its know. illogical conclusion. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, anything else before we uh, we close up here? No, I gotta get ready for bed, and I don't know. Hopefully, I just don't wake up tomorrow. <laughs> oh, don't say that. Well, I'm having a lot of mental health issues in addition to like working twelve hour days and getting up at four thirty in the morning and shit. So, shit. Um. Yeah. Oh, if if we have room for one more quick tangent, that. <laughs> There's a King Gizzard song. I, I forget the name of it, but I re, I was listening to the lyrics the other day. I'm like, oh, this is a song about committing suicide. Great. You know, it's like, you know, th- there's a line that's like uh, the lines on my arm say, uh, tell me I'm on track and I hope I don't wake up or something like that. Jesus. Like, so oh, subtle, subtle lyrics then. Yeah. Well, I didn't notice it at first because it's like real upbeat and happy, like the melody and everything. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, fuck. I actually had the conversation this weekend about how like I 
I realize that a lot of my friends can kind of like, uh, maybe don't understand the severity of a lot of my mental health problems because I will say very, very dark things and joke about like suicide constantly, but I do it in a very like cheerful and upbeat tone so that every, every horribly depressed thing I say lands as a joke, which admittedly is, is sort of a, uh, like habit that I have developed over the years. So like like cope with it somewhat I, I there's a word that would is i would be able to remember if i weren't hung over but yeah like yeah if, it, if it's got an upbeat tone it kind of doesn't land the same yeah there's that one song by uh the band say anything that's like real happy and upbeat but the lyrics are all about the holocaust and when Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. yeah. On, on that, let's call it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, sorry to sorry to end on a downer there, but uh oh, whatever. Oh. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do the thing for Connor. All right, everybody, check us out on social media. We have a bunch of them. Uh it's all cars and comrades. I'm bad at this and I feel like hell. So just just find us. Connor does good on the Instagram page with the memes. It's good. Check it out. Yeah. Cars and comrades. Yeah. Send us, uh, send us emails, cars and comrades at gmail.com, you know, tell us, uh, well, we'll, we'll we're not going to do any more hungover episodes on purpose, but it might happen in the future, but it's you know, definitely going to happen again. <laughs> yeah. Tell us, tell us what to do and we'll maybe do it. Maybe, maybe not that, but. I think yeah. over half of our recordings, I've either been hungover or actively fucked up at the time. <laughs> yeah, a couple for me as well. So. Yeah. All right, I'm going to call it then. Yeah. See you all later. Bye, everyone. Bye. Hail Satan. You can deal revolutionary, Half a million Americans at any given time are sleeping out under bridges and in gutters. Is that not violence to force a human being to sleep in the fucking street while, while the rulers that dictate this entire system have four or five or six fucking houses? That's violence. If you ain't first, you're last. You know what I'm talking about? That phrase, Trey Park, not to use the other bridge, Ricky Bobby. There's a joke that circulated in Russia in 1992 in the, after the first year of the free market paradise. And it went like this. Question, what did capitalism accomplish in one year that communism could not do in 70 years? Answer, make communism look good. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Much of what has been said about communism in this country is simply not true. She assaulted my body. Yeah. And that's nothing but pure and simple old-fashioned communism. The U.S. government is the largest terrorist organization on planet Earth. 
and they have no right to wag their finger at anybody over anything having to do with ethics, morality, or human rights. America is a human rights violation in and of itself.